Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm Roger Woodall, founder of the Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. With all events in 2020 grinding to a halt, I'll be bringing people back together, but in a different way. On this week's episode, I'm talking to futurist Adam Greenwood. Adam hosted a TED Talk on Echo Chambers and his fears of artificial intelligence. He chatted about the dangers of social media addiction, the tactics used by the digital giants to get you hooked, and also how technology can be harnessed to improve live events. I found this chat fascinating and scary at the same time. I think you're going to love this. So here he is, Mr. Adam Greenwood. Adam. Great to see you, buddy. Nice to see you. Yeah, mate. Thanks for coming on. How would you describe yourself in your role? I'd describe myself as a futurist, I suppose, which is um, someone who's desperately trying to and failing at predicting the future, but certainly very interested in uh, where the world is going, especially when it comes to technology. So if we just go back a bit then, so you obviously, you're the CEO of uh, Greenwood Campbell. Tell us a little bit about your company. So we founded in 2009, um, just as a kind of standard web sort of web development agency, just two of us, myself and Ian. It was great for about three or four years. We had some massive clients working from his spare bedroom. Uh, we had a, like a specific niche with a piece of technology that not many people used anymore. So that was great. For, and then sort of five, six years in, we'd grown a bit more, got a few more um, different types of people, not just tech people, but creatives and strategists and UXers and account managers and that sort of thing. Um, and we kept on growing and we got to about 2017. Uh, and I think there was a kind of combination, like a perfect storm, where we had commoditization of our skill set. So there was just loads and loads of web agencies out there. Um, you know, you could build a website in uh, Squarespace or Shopify or something pretty easily, pretty cheap. So we were, felt like we were getting edged out of the market a little bit there. Um, so we're seeing less and less big kind of expensive web projects. And um, we're also, I mean, the other thing was I personally was just really bored of websites. I've been doing it for like 15 years and just not that excited about it anymore. So um, so I decided to go off to, um, to California, to Silicon Valley, to find out what kind of the future held and try to try to come up with something that would um, differentiate us from our competition and educate our customers. Not the best training or not the best preparation for my trip to Silicon Valley on my own. I went on a stag due to Vegas and then uh, all my mates flew home and then I flew on to San Francisco, uh, had to hire a car and then just spend like well, two or three weeks on my own. First two or three days was pretty, you know, you're starting to judge all your life decisions. But after that, I went to a robotics conference, um, like a Japanese robotics conference on my first day after, I don't know, 60 hours with no sleep or something. Oh, wow. So that was a bit, bit savage. But after that... Um, These are first world problems, mind you. Yeah, right? I know. Going to Vegas on a stag do, then yeah. go to California. That yeah. must be tough. It was tough, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I, re I mean, I was saying the other day, I need to go back because I've been... I suppose dining out on this trip for a long time, not just having something to talk about, but it completely changed my whole outlook, what the business was doing, what I wanted to be doing. I learned about AI and machine learning on autonomous vehicles and whoa, 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 all this whoa, kind of whoa, stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. AI. <laughs> yeah. What is AI? So a simple definition of AI, I would say, would be a software program that learns from a load of data and then uses that data and all that knowledge to to make decisions. That's effectively what AI is. Okay. And maybe an example would be like um, 
uh, a, let's say a traffic light that yeah. over time understands not just okay, there's there's cars coming at a certain time of day, but might start to bring in other factors like like weather and school timetables and those types of things, and then starts to actually change the flow of traffic based on those different factors. Another example, let's say YouTube owned by Google. Yeah, they know a lot about you. Yeah. you know your email, where you what you buy, what you're doing on your Android phone. Um, uh, like where you travel using Google Maps, all that type of stuff. So they know a lot about you. They know your um, YouTube browsing history. They read your emails. So they don't. They're not people, but like the software does all these things. Is that right? What Abs people? What software reading my private emails every day? Yeah, yeah. You are joking and you, me. And you accepted it when you, you know, when you opened your Gmail account. No, you know, it's these these privacy policies that no one reads. Yeah, God knows what else we're allowing them to do. Oh but, my God. And I can go, and I can go on. And I will later on talking about things like WhatsApp as well, but. So, uh, I mean, YouTube think that within about three or four clicks, they pretty much have your personality down. They know who you are. All that data, they know about you. You go on and you start searching, I don't know, let's say you start looking at fishing videos, for example. Then there's a, an algorithm along the right-hand side, the up next panel that you see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you'd expect to see more fishing videos, probably. I mean, that's quite simple. But then over time, the algorithm learns more and more about you and also more and more about people who are similar to you with similar feelings or similar biases or political thoughts, whatever. Um, and it will start to show you videos that it thinks you would like to watch, ultimately trying to keep you on the platform. So that creates an addiction. Oh, I mean, massively. Yeah. Because if I flick onto YouTube, I think I'll have a quick look. All of a sudden, you're, you're an hour in. And I've, I've looked at three, four different videos. This is this is madness. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a definite problem so i was listening to a podcast the other day about a, a woman who did 15 years worth of research in vegas looking at slot machines and the addictiveness of slot machines mm. and the technology behind them to the very point that uh, even the architecture of the casinos is designed to get you into a certain way of feeling and in a certain position there are no hard lines no right angles on the carpets everything's round and circular mm. there's loads of psychology involved in it and then ultimately a slot machine's job is to get you isolated so that you're just just you and the machine uh, and then to start thinking about things like the immediacy you don't get the opportunity to stop and think because it's always like pushing the button and carrying on and so i think there's something uh, when you used to have to pull up you know like they used to call them one arm bandits yeah. when you just have to pull that lever Kaching. yep that was about i think you could maybe do like uh, i think th something like 300 rounds in an hour and then as soon as they replaced the the arm with a button you could do like 900 in wow. an hour so massive taking away any friction so all of that addictive stuff, um, is, there's lots of parallels then when you look at social media and look at things like YouTube. They're using very similar um, psychology against us to, to make us spend more time on the platform. Wow. So there's a lot of addictions out there, mm -hmm. um, which we will know about, whether it's sex, drugs, alcoholism, whatever it may be. Is there anything out there for the addiction of the phone? I mean, there are there are like um, yeah, like phone and social media like places where you can go like and and kind of not you know not have any tech around you for it at all. But I mean, there's lots of studies on just addictive personalities generally, and it's almost like the vice doesn't really matter. It's actually like lots and lots of people are going to get addicted, and the mobile phone itself. So I don't know if you watched recently on uh, Netflix the Social Dilemma. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, there's a, there's a loads and loads of thinking about this and. What they say in that is they call it like um, the asymmetry or asymmetrical relationship between us and, and our phones. So you look at your smartphone and you're just a person. You've got like a paleolithic kind of nervous system. Uh, and then you've got like this godlike technology. You've got thousands of software developers. Uh, you've got 
very smart AI. You've got supercomputers all on the other side of that glass. So um, most people haven't got a chance. Um, and of course, people are going to spend loads and loads of time on it. And there's all these techniques similar to the, um, the the slot machine to keep you engaged in your phone. The notifications, the idea of that kind of random like buzz in your pocket. It's like, oh, what is it? You know, is it is it a notification from a friend, a family? Is it like, you know, someone likes something on my social profiles? Again, that concept of isolation, because if you think about it, a smartphone is not a group activity. It is you hunched over staring at your screen and so the kind of irony of like uh, social media being supposed to connect people to each other it, it's actually doing exactly the opposite mm. and it's and people who are addicted um, they just get kind of sucked further and further down there for me personally i turn all my notifications off because i think it comes down to self-awareness as well if you are aware that you are down on your phone the whole time and you are aware that you are flicking from an email for a WhatsApp to an Instagram to a Facebook to a to a LinkedIn to whatever it may be is that self awareness is key right definitely helps I mean yeah what you just described there you can do that for half an hour and realize you haven't done anything yeah you literally just and your brain just can't keep up mm. you know sometimes you're just like flicking from one thing to another to another and then you can't remember what you were doing sometimes you'll open up sometimes I would open up a tab uh, like a Google search and then I'd go. And I couldn't even remember what I was like. What was I even doing? You know, like it's like sometimes you walk upstairs and you go, "Oh, what was I looking for?" Yeah, you forget. Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. is even worse now. You just literally open up a browser and you think, "I don't know what I was doing." Yeah, because our brains are getting kind of scrambled and fried. And you knowing all this information, and obviously it's becoming more public to everyone. What do you personally do? So yeah, I mean, no social bit of bit of LinkedIn, which is I mean, turning kind of for me. It feels like it's turning more into Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really enjoying it too mm. much. Um, no, no, no notifications. Yeah. Just and doing things like I don't have my phone by my by the side of my bed in the evenings. I, if I'm going to go and sit down and watch TV or something, I'll just leave my phone in another room mm. because yeah, really not. If something's really important, somebody will phone. That's the way. That's my kind of old old school thinking of yeah. it. I don't. I still don't think many people would like WhatsApp fire <laughs> to yeah. somebody would they? Like, <laughs> so I still kind of feel like yeah, a phone call is important. Anything else can wait, really. So yeah. I try to do that. I'm just you know I'm just as bad as anyone else. Though. I yeah. sometimes spend time on my phone, but again, things like dinner time, like the sacred thing, like the idea of a family meal and stuff, I think is super important. It comes down to self awareness. It really does, and we all are addicted, whether you admit it or you're not. I find it quite disheartening mm. that the phone is constantly in the hand and flicking through. You know, you could be at traffic lights flicking through the phone. You, you see could, it all the you time. Could, I see it all the time, people driving and, and, and listen, I've been guilty of it, so I'm not looking down on people, but mm. it's the self-awareness. And when your little boy comes and says to you, or your little comes and says to you, Dad, your head's in the phone again. Jesus, that's the wake-up yeah, call. Yeah, absolutely. That's the massive yeah. wake-up call. So going back then, uh, obviously the AI and the tech, how can that enhance the experience of events? I certainly think in terms of, you know, tech, we've seen more immersive uh, stuff like uh, big screens or you maybe you're, you're starting to bring in things like augmented reality or virtual reality um, into events. I think technology can be used. Certainly, we can use all those things I talked about in terms of like Facebook and um, YouTube understanding you. So you could use that to, to target people, to get them to come to your event. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously at the moment, the events industry is kind of all up in the air. So it's how do you... How do you create, use technology to create some kind of experience, some kind mm. of theater? Because at the moment, people, well, people are either stuck in their homes or they can kind of recreate just about anything in your house. Like, you don't need to go to the cinema. 
because you've got mm. Netflix or True. whatever. You don't need to go to like a, an arcade anymore because you've got your PlayStation. So like, how can you how can you make it? How can you do something that is so much more exciting and interesting in a in a you know in a different space? Mm. Um, like for example, I I've been to quite a few secret cinemas. Uh, and they're not very techy at they? all. Uh, they're normally a secret. <laughs> uh, uh, they're normally they're they're always in London. And I don't know if you do you're aware of the secret cinema. Never heard of them. So basically, they take a cult film, let's say for example, Back to the Future or Star Wars, and then they'll build an event around the film. So you, um, you normally get assigned some kind of character to be part of the part of the film, um, and you get like a couple of thousand people will go. Um, and then there'll be some kind of experiential thing going on before you then actually watch the movie together. Um, great, really great fun. Really, I mean, like, so they recreated like Hill Valley for Back to the Future. Um, uh, I've been to like Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet and all these different films. So yeah. Uh, the other thing I've done as well with cinema is go to um, watch screenings, but with an orchestra. So I saw a- Aliens like that, Jurassic Park, any of those kind of 80s classics with a John Williams score and you sit and watch a film but with a, like a 60-piece orchestra in the Albert Hall banging wow. out the music. Wow, it's amazing. I like the idea amazing. of that. Mm. But again, that's live. It comes down to live events mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nothing will beat live events. At Not the moment, that, everyone's no. talking about virtual events and uh, reality and what have you and nothing will beat that live experience. No, I mean, even if you think about going to a, a conference and seeing speaker after speaker after speaker, you, you do that on Zoom and you get like real fatigue. Yeah. Just watching, you know, watching people on a camera, on a, on a screen is not the same. What's interesting, I think, you know, when you, when you, something's taken away from you and then you, when it, only when it's taken away from you, you realize how good it was. If you talk about a conference and speakers, and it's quite easy to go to conference and go, oh, I'll listen to him for a bit and I'll wander away. Listen to him. I think when people mm-hmm. go back to conferences, they'll be like, right, I'm in and I'm going to listen for an hour. Because I've been stuck on Zoom for the last year and it's painful. I hope so, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, I really do hope so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because you're, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, you could easily just sit on your phone. or, But to be able to go and see somebody live and watch them gesticulate and talk and mm. get excited about something. Yeah. Mm. Does AI scare you? Yeah, definitely. Really? <laughs> talk, <laughs> definitely. Talk to me, Adam. Tell so, me. So I suppose like what a lot of us think about with AI is like um, Terminators, you know, the yeah. Matrix and stuff like that, which I'm not too worried about. Um but I think I read a book by a, a futurist called Amy Webb and she talks about like death by a thousand cuts. So just AI just chipping away yeah. at us over time mm-hmm. and just kind of going down that um, that whole discussion about the, the the movie, The Social Dilemma. And and something I talked about when I did a TED Talk uh, almost two years ago now, which was about the echo chamber. That was a very good talk, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing that I've, I've found with um, AI is that it's not necessarily well. I mean, it's it's definitely not the AI. It's not the algorithm because it doesn't have a personality. It doesn't care. But the people who control those algorithms, so sort of Facebook and Google and and Amazon and Tencent and Alibaba, like these huge, huge tech companies, it's what what are they doing with it? Ultimately, their business model is to make money. Their business model is get you in front of your phone for as long as possible, consume ads, and make money. So that's bad, bad enough because there's so many. Um, there's so many things wrong with like people spending hours and hours on their phone anyway. In terms of like isolation, there's like um, 
people can't concentrate properly, you know, like they get an attention deficit disorder. Anxiety. Anxiety. Ma I mean, massive anxiety, mm. loneliness. FOMO. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. Physical problems, people walking around bent over. I mean, mm. I almost ran over two teenagers mm. as they just walked out into the road earlier on the mm. way today. Just literally were completely unaware that they had even gone over a crossing. Mm. Um, scared the shit out of them though when I beat mm. my horn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of that's bad enough anyway. But if, if, the, um, if the end result was adverts and you're going to buy more stuff. Well, that's bad, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But what we're also seeing is this AI almost being weaponized and used against us to, un as I said before, all this data that understands you to the point it knows you better than you know yourself. And then using that information about you to manipulate, way, manipulate the way you think and the way you feel to the way you vote. I mean, obviously, all this stuff about the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not you believe it was the Russians that were involved in that, it was, there's no doubt that somebody was involved in, in absolutely swaying that election. So give me an example. Um, so what they would do is they'd create uh, thousands and thousands of fake accounts on Twitter and on Facebook, and then post, com post content um, that would kind of uh, bring, either get people to vote for Trump or get people to not vote for Hillary or get people to not vote at all. Mm. And the idea, again, when I was talking about YouTube is you go down those rabbit holes of like extremism mm. and it's almost like you're never extreme enough for YouTube. So a good example is you watch a video on uh, vegetarianism and it will start showing you videos on veganism. It's like you're, yeah. not, you're not extreme enough. Um, and there's been lots and lots of um, research done where uh, if you start to look at um, Trump videos, for example, you'll start to see things uh, like maybe uh, extreme content about white supremacy or like really anti-left content. And o over time, um, what what Facebook was doing, well, not Facebook themselves, but the content on Facebook, and Facebook was amplifying this content, so they are they do have some blame in this. Um, and eventually it was getting people to change, the, it was changing the way that people felt and changing the way that people voted. So it did have a massive effect. And one of the, the pieces of research I looked at said that they, um, it was the guard. I think it was the Guardian or the Telegraph. They they watched every single piece of content that they were recommended by YouTube over the, a period of time when they were um, either looking at either Trump or Clinton content. And then they said that it was about eighty six percent of the content that they saw in the recommended uh, videos was pro Trump or anti Clinton. So oh, okay. it was massively weighted against. And so that's something that definitely shifted the election. So that's bad enough. Mm -hmm. But then also, I mean, there's there's many worse examples. I mean, you've got like the Philippines. So in the Philippines, you've got 100 million people. 97% uh, of the of people sort of 16 and over are on Facebook because Facebook gives, um, when you buy a smartphone, Facebook comes pre-installed. And if you use Facebook, the data is free. So data is expensive in Philippines. Wow. Um, but if you use Facebook, it's free. So for, for a lot of people in the Philippines, Facebook is the internet. Yeah. So that's it. They don't look at wow. anything else. How um, long has this been going on for? Uh, I think, I think four or five years Jeez. when they they, start, they they set this up. So the young kids, so everyone in Philippines, thinking, "Well, happy days. We've got Facebook on it. We'll buy a phone." And it seems great. First of all, wow. it's like free internet and yeah, free wow. access to obviously like messenger and videos yeah. and all that. That's all great. What we're seeing as well. So in the Philippines, they are the the nation that spends the most time on their on their phones, ten hours a day. Is on the average, average, ten hours a day. And the UK, three, just under three, is which is bad enough. I feel bad, but enough. ten is Jesus bad. Ten Christ. is really, really bad. So, um, and then, but then, what's happening over there is again, you've got all these people looking at one thing, and then you've got bad actors, um, like either control, either from the state, 
um, that are actually uh, inciting all kinds of hatred and like lo there's loads of bad things going on over there. Um, the opposition to the president getting getting uh, locked up. Um, you've got loads and loads. This is in the Philippines. This is all in the Philippines. Yeah, there's this, there's a war on drugs out there, and they're just they're lots and lots of people are getting murdered and the government are saying well they were drug dealers but there's just there seems to be like they're just using it as an excuse wow. to to just kill anyone they want and they're um but they're ample like the content and the hatred towards drug users and drug sell dealers is amplified on facebook to try mm. and change the way people feel mm. and then worse than that you've got in myanmar you've got the rohingya which are like this um there are muslim um people that live in in myanmar and the content against them is is like so hateful and it's is causing more and more violence on them um to the point that if they have a uh internet outage and facebook goes down they're seeing um levels of assault on these people going down whilst facebook is down oh, okay so lots and lots that's a lot in my opinion a lot worse than adverts selling you stuff that yeah. you may or may not need so there's a lot of bad things that goes with facebook everything else that goes with ai what good points are there with ai uh <laughs> there's, pl there's plenty i mean i mean all social media that you know i think ultimately they are trying to do something good they are mm. they are trying to connect people as i said i mean i don't think zuckerberg sat there and thought to himself how am i going to manipulate elections in the philippines mm. in 20 years when he invented it but surely he must have looked at the pound note and gone i'm getting paid for this and they're paying for it we'll crack on it's almost like when you see i mean he doesn't really look like a human to me at all i think he's Who's this? zuckerberg yeah. I, mean, I think he's like an android anyway <laughs> But when you see him like looking directly at his camera, saying something like, you know, like we made a mistake and I'm sorry and we're doing this, it I th I think it's similar to one of those like hostage videos when mm. you know so someone's been held hostage mm. and they say stuff that just doesn't make sense because yeah. someone's holding a gun to their head. Yeah. Um, so there's no one holding a gun to Zuckerberg's head, but the the shareholders are saying, do not damage the way that we are. You know, there's uh, 500 billion dollars worth of share value in Facebook, and that's a lot of pressure. 500 billion, mm. is that right? Yeah. What do you know? What percentage shares he has? I don't actually. I mean, he's a very, very wealthy Dan, man. Dan, could you have a look and see what shares Zuckerberg's got in uh, Facebook? I've got intrigued by that. I certainly can. So yeah, so there's, but but in terms of the kind of connection of people, and we've seen we've seen people using Twitter to kind of mobilize and like rise up against like. Uh, um, I think in Egypt there was like a complete they, they kicked out the old government and put in the new one and th so there's there's loads of good stuff I think it's just over time I don't think we we truly understand the sort of the, the AI ourselves it's almost like rather than programming it we're kind of growing it it's like it's and it, we're not sure what and where it's going to go from here crazy world just think about it Adam we've known each other a long time but you think about it 20 odd years ago and we someone were talking about drones in the sky and everyone can have their own drone and we can drop parcels off in your house and we can do this. Have you got any other examples of what they're looking to do? I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's bonkers, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like Star Trek, yeah. some of it. I mean, I, I honestly, there used to be a time when, you, you know, they had those little um, like video. If you think about the concept of being able to do a Zoom call over your phone, it's pretty incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Or look up any piece of information mm. at any point ever, like, like you've just said to Dan, uh, what? Um, yeah, can you find some information out for us? Twenty nine point three percent. Is that what he's got? Twenty. Yeah. So 30, he's got thirty percent. Nearly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If you look at a film like you mentioned earlier, Back to the Future, uh, they were predicting things that we might be doing in the future, and a lot of it's come true, but better. Like their video calling was all scrappy and analog. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at what we can, and they had it on a big TV. Yeah. A big bit of like analog equipment. We've got it just in the palm of our hand. 
Uh, those kind of things are great. They still haven't done the mini pizzas that go massive. No. Yeah, we've even got the trainers. The trainers that you've got them on now, haven't you? Well, they're not. There's, I have got what those bad trainers. What boys are they? They're, they're nice. They're Jordans. They're, Jordan they're the originals, ones. aren't they? Eighty fives. Yeah. Eighty fives. Yeah. Um, but I have got those other those. Talking those about addictions. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about your trainer addiction? Yeah, lo- lockdown's not been good um, for me. <laughs> so much access to yeah, trainers and uh, trainer apps and uh, raffles, and I got WhatsApp groups of all my friends. I've sucked them all into it as into well. Into trainers. Yeah. How yeah. many How many pairs of trainers would you say you've got at home today? Thirty plus something. Is like that right? That. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing about it is I've got some trainers that I would never wear because they're too like sacred yeah, <laughs> uh, and they're kind of, uh, but they're not even they're in their boxes. I can't even look at them at the moment because um, my wardrobe is so full of stuff. Wait, what was that? <laughs> I've just remembered going around your house years ago. You had a one trainer in a see-through oh, yeah. box in, your, li- in yeah. your living room. Still what trainer that. was that? That was a, that was an Air Force One. I still got that. Um, and my son Fox, um, who's four, um, most mornings he will swap. He'll take that trainer out and swap it for a different one. So yeah. just a buggy. Mm. Good yeah. lad. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us a bit more about Siri. A Siri is Siri mm. listening to everything we're saying? Is it recording it? Just tell me what's what's the scary thing about that? So I think, yeah, Siri, Google Assistant, Alexa, definitely they're all listening. Um in the same way as I said that Google's reading your email, Facebook's reading your WhatsApp. Um Facebook's reading your WhatsApp. Absolutely. What's the encrypted thing on WhatsApp then? So so it means that they couldn't specifically say, right, okay, so you dodge, you said this on this date, but everything that you say, the way that you use language is being used to train their algorithms, train their AI, understand how people speak, um, and then use that to learn more about people like you so they can then sell that data. Again, like it's anonymized, but sell that data to advertisers. They, they want someone similar to you because they want to sell a product to you. So there's no doubt that they are trawling through our conversations. Wow. I mean, that's why they paid a billion dollars for WhatsApp. That's scary. Mm. And WhatsApp's free. And WhatsApp free, <laughs> exactly. Because it's free because they carry on giving all the, all the information. And It used to geez. be 59p, didn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. per WhatsApp? Uh, no. I just, know you to buy the you, app. You that's the app, right. Yeah. yeah, but that's before Facebook bought it. Um, so. And, and how do you think Facebook has gone over the years? Because really Facebook kicked in for us in the UK about 2008, mm-hmm. kind of remember, and it's so that's 12 years old now. Have you seen it change? I mean, it's completely changed. If you think about, take away like the kind of nefarious, you know, election fixing and ads and everything else. It used to be, I because I, I haven't used it for for a long time, but it used to be that um, you'd post a picture of you, you and your mates going out or your girlfriend or your kids yeah. or whatever. I mean, last time I looked on Facebook, there's very little of that. There's a lot of content sharing, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like just share this, share this, share this. Yeah. Um, you have to dig through a lot of your your feed until you actually find a post which is, oh, I bought a new car today, or you know, I'm super yeah. happy about this. Um, so I think it's changed, and then that kind, so then that kind of moved to Instagram, yeah. and then people were using Instagram to do that and Facebook. Do you remember years ago when we first got email? And it was just people used to forward all that crap to yeah. you all the time. That's what Facebook's become, really. Yeah. Just forwarding loads and loads of mm. what I think is pretty much. It's like kitten videos, basically. Mm. But that, that that's annoying. Mm. And what I found with Facebook is I've, been, I've taken myself off Facebook for a whole year, and it's absolutely lovely. It's great, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. I would recommend everyone doing that, uh, giving yourself a break. But actually, Facebook for a business, to promote and market, there isn't a better app out there to do that. No, I mean, in terms of the the tools that you've got, Mm. as I was saying before about, I mean, effectively, you can say, right, well, find me um, 50 people who uh, have bought this type of product or they live in this area or they are married or whatever the things are that you want to know about them. 
then you can say to Facebook, find me another 20,000 people like that or a million people like that, and then I want them to see my ads. Mm. So it's great. Uh, and as long as there are people on it, um, and at the moment it doesn't, there is some decline. Yeah. In terms of you know younger people are not using it, yeah. but there's still plenty of people out there who are using mm. it. So uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of being able to target people specifically, it's a really great tool for mm. business for sure. It's purely it's purely a money machine, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there might be like these. Um, there might be these kind of little programs that are going on where they are trying to do you know make the world a better place. Mm. But I think ultimately it's there to make money. Mm. Yeah. Let's move on to Elon Musk and uh, Neuralink. Do you know anything about Neuralink? I remember hearing him talk about it um, on another podcast, Joe Rogan one. Um, it's not as good as this one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Dodge Rogan. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was talking about how he wanted to, um, I mean, he's really anti-AI as well. He's mm. the, he, he is pretty much either, he either believes that we, we live in some kind of construct like the mm. Matrix mm. already, um, or he believes that, yeah, AI is going to try and kill us. Um, but yeah, he is he's developing something called Neuralink, which is effectively a smartphone directly into your brain. So if you think of your smartphone at the moment, I mean, effectively, we are cyborgs already. And so a cyborg is what? A cyborg is like half man, half machine. Okay. So like, think of the Terminator, right? He's a cyborg. But um, the only thing is your smartphone's not physically connected to you, but it might as well be, because how often do you leave the house without it? Prob probably never. So it might as well be connected to you. His, his idea is... Um, the, the interface between your brain and your finger in the screen is too slow. But I mean, it's not, is it? <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's a matter it goes of seconds. Back, it goes back to your uh, the, the uh, machines with Absolutely. one arm it's, bandits yeah, yeah, and absolutely. all of a sudden you can... Yep. Buttons, yeah. it goes, the friction is still there because as you mentioned earlier sometimes you open your phone open a browser and boom you've forgotten what mm -hmm. you, you, mm -hmm. you're going to do whereas yeah. if it's a Neuralink... Is yeah, a Neuralink still... putting a chip into the brain? Yeah, uh, yeah, physically putting a chip in your brain so that you can then I mean, you will be able to just, you know, think think what you want. So, so, <laughs> so we will be physically this could be connected dangerous. to the internet. This yeah. could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So if me and you are in a bar and we're looking at each other, yeah. we don't have to say anything. Yeah, you could just kind it of... It could be telepathy, yeah. thinking what we're thinking Yeah, but about something. Round. About your round. Yeah, your round. <laughs> and you're looking at me, goes, your round. round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, it's, the, they, they put a chip in a pig recently, um, but it's, it's, quite, it's pretty worrying. Uh, I mean, like a lot of technology it often starts in a really good place. Mm. So the idea is that you could use this for people who had, um, uh, so like something like uh, Parkinson's um, yeah, or maybe somebody who was blind or like if you've got uh, mental uh, diseases or um, degenerative diseases, that this could actually help you in the same way that a prosthetic leg could help someone who's who's lost a limb, mm. a, lo a leg, not a limb. You wouldn't put a leg on an arm, would you? Um, <laughs> but... So, so they start off really with the best of intentions, but then people will then start to use them to to augment themselves and make them yeah. better. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea for me of it being in your brain is that you could be hacked, right? I mean, that that it could be a genuine thing that you could physically be hacked, uh, and then I don't know, controlled by who or what? I don't know. Mate, this is this is. Scary, I know it's supposed mate. to be fun, right? But mate, this is scary, <laughs> isn't it? It can get dark pretty wow. quick. Yeah. Wow. And it's only going to be out of time, surely. What are we now? Twenty twenty. Imagine twenty. 30, what would that look like? It's, it, I would say it's impossible to predict because even 25 years ago, we would we could never have predicted the prevalence well, we of AI. We didn't have Google 25 social, years ago. Yeah, exactly. We didn't have Facebook. Um, so like 
500 years ago, you could probably predict 100 years into the future yeah. very easily because there weren't any game-changing yeah. technologies that came along. Whereas now what we've got is that exponential growth, computers and processing power is getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, AI is getting smarter and smarter, more and more and more data. I mean, we're talking data from everything. So like uh, if you think about people wearing smartwatches, every single like heartbeat and they've got ECGs on them. Um, everywhere we travel every mm. everything we buy like there's so much data so you combine all that and every and year on year do you think the government could bigger. find out exactly where someone is exactly at that minute exactly on that day if they if they wanted to i'm not sure if they could facebook could mm. google could but i'm not convinced the government could i know that there was i can't remember maybe a year or so ago where there was a so a case of some uk domestic terrorism and they couldn't get into their phones and apple wouldn't like wouldn't help Wow. And like the government couldn't hack a phone. Yeah, it was WhatsApp data they were Yeah, it was WhatsApp, that's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, they wouldn't hand it over. What about AI and, ro and robotics? So, I mean, I think there's still kind of the, I think we're quite a long way away of, of kind of, you know, like full-blown sci-fi walking around people that are controlled by AI. Um, I don't know too much about physical robots. I mean, mm. I've seen like the Boston Dynamics robots. Have you seen those dogs? Yeah. They're they're really scary. What are uh, they? So they well they're kind of like dog shaped robots and that oh can, I have seen them. They, in they fact. train them to open doors. Yes. And shit. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. My God, that's scary. I did hear about a robot which supposedly um, was supposed to clear battlefields of corpses, mm. but it eats corpses to fuel itself. <laughs> Mate, this is getting weird. Have you been smoking? <laughs> this is Black Mirror. Mate, this is full blown Black Mirror, but apparently it's a thing. And then obviously, yeah, if you ch if you stop that from saying, don't go around clearing battlefields, start killing soldiers and oh eating God. them, then yeah, that's quite scary. Mate, that is scary. <laughs> robot what, zombies. What about robot blow up dolls? Are they, are they coming? <laughs> uh, they'll be the first thing that happens. <laughs> Yeah, Dan, uh, I reckon yeah. you'd you'd be the first one to buy one as well. <laughs> they they do say that. I mean, like porn is kind of like the the hotbed of all technology. So like things like um, um, flash video uh, started with porn. Um, like online payment transactions, credit card transactions start with porn. Like virtual reality. Like a lot of things start with with horny. I suppose horny scientists yeah. developing stuff. Um, it used so, to be war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> War used to be the the bearer yeah, of yeah, absolutely technology. technology yeah. Now, now, it's now it's love. Now it's love. Well, maybe not love, more oh. like porn. Yeah. As someone actually, I did read something the other day that someone said that um, uh, like porn was the equivalent to sex that um, social media is to friendship. So it's it feels first of all like it's it's real, but it's so far from being real. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at your friends on social media, that it's not the same as going and sitting with a group of friends and yeah. having a beer and having a chat. Yeah. It's you can't beat that. Yes, I agree. Oh, man. people! I'm a people's man, as you know. I just cannot beat being around people. And all this stuff actually scares me more for my young boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. myself. Yeah. We'll deal with it. Yeah. We're fine. And it's actually, you know, it's actually quite interesting seeing the world move at such a fast pace. Mm. And this whole world that's been happening at the moment and slowing everyone down has been lovely as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. we've had to get real. Everyone's had to slow down and just stop mm. and realise how lucky we are with everything we've got around us. Definitely, yeah. Just spending a bit of time uh, going for a walk or yeah, run in nature yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just sound like I do sound like a very negative fear monger, but no, mate. No this is, is why Adam. You know, this is why you are on because you're knowing stuff that mm. we're trying to bring it to the masses here and simplify it. I think, yeah, and I think that the only way to get around it is is awareness. People mm. need to be aware that they are basically being used, you know, their brains are being used to just buy products and we are being manipulated and there's so many great things 
that about um, AI and technologies, the fact that, yeah, like I can literally speak to anybody anywhere else in the world at any time. I could send them money. I can, I can go and stay in a stranger's house, Mm. like, or a tree house in like Zambia or something, all through Airbnb. I can get a lift anywhere. All that is amazing. amazing. I mean, and I absolutely love it. I love the tech. I know exactly what my heart rate is when I'm going on a run, you know, like, that's all fantastic. Mm. I just think people need to be aware of the kind of the sort of darker side of it. Yeah. And certainly at the moment where we've got, um, you know, we've got lockdowns, people are spending a lot of time physically isolated mm. and then turning to social media or just their phones generally. And I think that that is, that is potentially very dangerous and it just amplifies those things we talked about, anxiety and depression and loneliness, um, which is which people have to be aware of because it can be really harmful. Absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed this. You've opened my eyes up to a whole new world mm. and hopefully people listening, they've opened their eyes up as well. Thank you ever so much for coming on. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Good man.